Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus loves the children. I keep thinking, can't get this song out of my head. All the little children of the world. You know it? Red and yellow, say it with me. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. He really does. I'm amazed. Actually, you know, I started this study and I'm amazed at how much ministry and how much time Jesus spent with children. That's what we're going to talk about this morning in Matthew chapter 18, now 19. Now put your finger in Mark chapter 10 also, by the way. Put your finger in Mark chapter 10 because we're going to look at that as well. Matthew chapter 19. Now I'm going to pick up in verse 11 and then we'll focus in on verses 13 through verse uh, 15. So Matthew 19, beginning in verse 11, Jesus said to them, All cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb. And there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men. And there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. Then in verse 13, the little children were brought to him. Circle that, underline it, highlight it. The little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples, what did they do, saints? They rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them in verse 15 and departed from there. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Last week we dealt with, if you were with us, you know that last week we were talking about uh, marriage, marriage and divorce. And then in verse 11 and 12, we just read it. Jesus is simply pointing out, and we're not going to take the time to expound on it. Jesus is simply making one simple statement in verse 11 and 12. He's simply pointing out that if you can be single, then be single. It's simple as that. That's what he's saying. After talking about marriage and divorce, then he says, If you can be single, then be single. But then I want you to notice, after teaching about divorce, the next thing he deals with is children. Children. Now, what I'm going to say, my following comments are not politically correct. And I want to say that because I realize that we will be airing on the radio at some time in the future with this sermon 
And so many people will hear me say this. And people are amazing because when you say something on the radio they don't like, they feel led to send you a letter or they feel led to send you an email and, and, and whatever. But I realize, understand that I realize that what I'm going to say is not politically correct and is going to get me in trouble. But, oh, well, I always get me in trouble with my comments. So, okay, fine. Talking about marriage, talking about divorce, talking about children, it is God's design for people to be married before they have children. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Good. Now you all are on the radio, too. (laughs) So when they email me, I'm sending it to you, all right? Because you agreed. But, you know, for some reason, people seem to have the crazy idea that a child can be raised in a home with one parent and it's going to be no problems. They seem to think that in our world today. Listen, children, babies' children are a gift from God to married couples. I'll say that again in case the caffeine didn't kick in yet. Children are a gift from God to married folks. Not to single people. And I know that we live in a world where, you know, well, I, you know, vitro fertilization, I just want to have a baby. And, and I guess that, that, that's good if, if, if you are married and you cannot have children. Some of these things technologically and scientifically, medically are a wonderful thing that God has given man the ability to be able to provide for people, I guess. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a world and its mentality to think that, that you can have a child and outside of marriage and then as a parent that you can raise that child alone. That's not God's concept, you know, and not God's plan. We hear this whole concept and mentality today of my baby's daddy. My baby's daddy. A lot of people talk about that if you've never heard of it, but my baby's daddy. No, that's not God. And that's not God's plan, and that's not God's will for your life. God's got a better plan. Now, remember last week we talked about it. It's probably worth repeating. Remember I mentioned that God hates divorce, but he doesn't hate divorced people. And let me say that if you have children, and if you have had children, and you are divorced, let me just tell you, comfort your hearts. God is good, God is gracious, God is merciful, and God is going to bless your children And God will see them through difficult times. He will because God is faithful. Amen, saints? Even when we are faithless, God is faithful. He will. But if you choose to get a divorce, you need to know that divorce is very damaging to children. It's very, very difficult and damaging to children, and it's not easy And might I ask you, if you're planning to get a divorce, if you're here this morning and you're planning to get a divorce, you know, I I hear a lot of talk about, and I've had somebody tell me even as a pastor that, you know, they were telling me they would get a divorce. And I said, you know, well, what about the kids? And they said, well, the kids are, kids are resilient, they say. Oh, they'll, 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 they'll be all right. They're resilient. Kids are resilient. No, they're not. See, I told you I was going to get in trouble. No, they're not. 
No, look, survival of the fittest. The first law of preservation, preservation of the first law of nature. Is that right, Doc? Preservation of the first law of nature. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I'm going to cope. I'm going to deal. I'm going to survive because that's how God wired us. We're gonna, you're going to make it. Somehow, some way, you're going to get by. But to say that I, I could get a divorce and, and, and not be concerned about the kids because the kids are resilient, that's not fair to the kids. Let, let me just say to you, yes, they will survive. Yes, they will get along. But can I tell you that psychologists even today have proven that many, many, many kids later on in life suffer psychological and emotional damage because of a divorce that happened in between their parents many, many years, like when they were two, three, four, five, six, ten years old. So are they resilient? No. It's just later on in life where you start to see these symptoms begin to manifest themselves later on in life. You know, in Christianity Today, there was published an article by a man named Dr. Armand Nikolai of Harvard Medical School. And listen to this. He listed six trends that he sees in America that are destructive to the family. Number one, don't have time to develop them all, but number one, he said, mothers of young children working outside the home, the daycare industry, destructive to the American family. Number two, frequent family moves or, or relocations. We can all see how that would be a problem. I moved to a new location and I have no friends, I have no people, I've got no family, I don't know anybody. I mean, it's, it's damaging. Number three, the invasion of television. Number four, the lack of moral control in society. Number five, he said, the lack of communication in the home. Statistics prove, have pointed out, the average father spends 37 seconds in one-on-one FaceTime communication with their children a day. 37 seconds. That's a problem. Destructive to the home. And then finally, number six, the major cause of emotional problems and destructive to the American family is by far, number one, divorce. Divorce. The trend, he goes on to say, the trend toward quick and easy divorce and the ever-increasing divorce rate subjects children to physical and emotional pain. If this trend does not reverse the quality of family life, does not reverse, the quality of family life will continue to deteriorate, producing a society with a higher incident of mental illness than ever before. This illness will be characterized by a lack of self-control. Interesting. Let me just ask you, if you're in the process of getting a divorce or considering it, let me just beg you, please think about your children. Think about your children. So after talking about marriage and divorce, they brought the children to Jesus. Don't you see that? Now, fast forward, Mark chapter 10, flip over there. I know you turned already. Mark chapter 10, because I really want to deal with a few pieces here in Mark, because it's the same story. It's a parallel account. 
Although in Mark, we get a few more details that we don't get in Matthew. So I kind of like this story in Mark just a little bit better. Here in Mark chapter 10 in verses 13 through 16, we have the very same thing that they read, uh, that we read in, in Matthew, except just a few more details. Notice in verse 13, there in, in chapter 10 of Mark, it says that they brought the children to him. You know, this is one of the artists and painters. This is actually one of their favorite scenes to paint. Why? Because it's easy to picture in the mind. I mean, think about it. You got moms and dads. It says they brought, they brought. Moms and dads, grandmoms and grandpas bringing their children to Jesus so that he could touch them. And think about it. It's real easy to picture. A bunch of kids all around Jesus. And they're probably pulling on his robe and grabbing on his leg and trying to knock him over. And, you know, and, and the thing that I love is that Jesus didn't say, get away from me, you little crumb snatchers. Get, get off my leg. Get off my leg. He didn't do that. Jesus said, hey, let him come to me. This is like a really wonderful, beautiful, touching scene. Some have called it the Magna Carta of children, a bill of rights for kids loudly proclaiming that they have a right to be valued and appreciated. Now, understand something. In Jesus' day, at this time in history, there was a Hellenistic society. In this time in history, kids were either loved or exploited, and they weren't valued and appreciated. They weren't considered a blessing at this time. They were considered a burden. It was a, a papyrus letter that was found and uh, dated June 17th, 1 BC, written from Helion, is the name of the man, to his expected wife, Alice. And he said this, this is a, a letter found. He said, if it's a male child, let it live. If it's a female child, then cast it out. He's writing her a letter. Apparently they believe he's on business or even in the military. And he sent her home a letter. Infanticide was practiced even back in Jesus' day in the early church days. You remember Herod, was made, he made a public decree to kill all the male babies under the age of two. You see, infanticide then was finally outlawed in, by Roman law in 375 A.D., but it didn't last long. And it, and it wasn't effective because Rome had on their books a law on their books called Patria Potesta which gave the father the absolute power to extend death and life to his children in that time. Clearly, children were not a blessing in Jesus' day. They were a burden. Might I add, today, children are not considered a blessing. They're considered a burden. They really are. What makes you say that, Rodney? Abortion. Do you know? Do you know that millions of babies are aborted every year? I found a statistic that said one baby is aborted in our country every three minutes. Think about it. Clock it. Tick. Three minutes from now, a baby's aborted. Children are not a blessing in our culture. They're considered a burden. I've heard of people even today lobbying, get this, lobbying so that mothers can bring their babies to hospitals and leave their children 
with no questions asked in the hospitals. This is a, a lobby The people are lobbying for this today. You don't want your baby anymore. Why? Because they're finding babies left in alleys. They're finding them left on doorsteps. They're finding them left on the corners and on the streets and thrown away in trash cans. This is what's going on in our world concerning children. And I'm amazed at this smokescreen that, you know, we, we're all in the children. It's all about kids' rights. No, it isn't. What's going on? No, it isn't. So let's, give, put, let's put a law in place that says, you don't want your baby? Well, then you just take him to the hospital and you just leave the kid right there, no questions asked. That's what's going on in our world. The Bible's clear. Children are a blessing from God. Amen, saints. Psalm 127, verse 3, it says this. Children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6. Children's children are the crown of an old man. In other words, grandchildren. It was Chuck Smith who said, if he knows how much, Chuck Smith who said this, he said, if I knew how much fun grandchildren were, I would have had them first. Hmm. I don't know about that. Now notice this here. Now pay particular attention to it again. Would you look at it again in in Mark 10, 13? Because this is huge. They brought little children to Jesus. You see that? Notice the kids didn't bring themselves. The parents bought them. The adults brought them. And we need to bring our children to Jesus. Parents, let me tell you something. Now listen, listen close. Do not, under no circumstances, if you don't have children, take notes. If you have children, don't do this. Don't let your kids make a decision whether they want to go to church or not. Now, I've heard of this. I'm not making this stuff up. You know, well, they don't want to go to church. They just don't want to go. So? I don't want to do a lot of things either, but I have to do it. They don't want to go to church. You know, you guys know, I told you, in, in my home, and this is the way, in my home, if you live in my home, you will go to church. That's just it. When I leave for church, I don't leave people in the house. If you come stay with me, you got to come to church. But I'm an atheist. I don't care. You got to come to church. Okay? Even if you don't believe, you got to come to church. Because my house is not a hotel. And you can stay there. I love you, mean it. But Sunday morning, you got to go to church. Don't know what else to tell you. If you can't go to church, I'll be happy to get your hotel across town. I really mean that. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, if you don't, don't misunderstand me, you can't make somebody serve the Lord. But you can certainly encourage it. Of course. No, you got to go to church. Kids, you know, you can't choose whether you want to go. You can't choose who you're going to serve. You can, not as a child. It's my responsibility as a parent to bring them to Jesus. I was looking at, uh, um, um, what is that show? Uh, Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven, which they got some serious issues on that show, but okay, fine. 
Maybe, you know, we won't even do girl, you got issues. We'll just do television, got issues. Seventh Heaven, they got issues. And I remember this, this one particular episode, probably the last one I saw. But, but this one particular episode, the daughter of the Christian pastor said, Dad, I want to explore other religions. And she had a Quran, and I think she had, I think it was just a Quran, which kind of the focal Bible, whatever. And uh, he was like, well, okay, honey, no problem. And uh, go ahead. Well, by the end of the show, I guess there was some veil-clouded message that she actually did choose Christianity, I guess. But... But the very fact, listen, I'm glad she chose Christianity, but the very fact that a Christian pastor on would ever send that message or that comes through television that it's okay for children to choose is not good. No, it is not good. We have a responsibility to bring them to Jesus. See, because what happens is if you allow them to choose, parent, mom, dad, you allow them to choose, they might choose the wrong thing. You're risking their eternity because you want to give them a choice. You know, a pastor wanted to show off his garden to a man who wouldn't let his children attend church. So he wanted them to he wanted them to wait until they were old enough to decide for themselves. Or when they walked into the garden, the pastor and the man, it was full of weeds, which was choking out his squash and his beans and his okra. Well, the man said, well, this is pitiful. This is a pitiful excuse for a garden to which the preacher replied. I just wanted to wait until the vegetables had a chance to decide for themselves what they wanted to do. I like that because the reality is that's what we do with our children. And that's not good because the weeds will choke them out. You can't allow your kids to choose or decide if they want to come to Jesus. You take them, you bring them. It's our responsibility. And when they brought them to Jesus, notice in our text, when they brought them to Jesus, the disciples, what did they do? They rebuked them. Why? Because they thought Jesus was too important to mess with children. They thought that, that, that kids were a bother. That kids, remember, it's the mentality of that day. They thought the kids were a bother, that kids were a nuisance, or that kids were trouble. And they said, listen, kids, can't you see that Jesus is busy with more important things than children? He's got work to do. Let him alone. He doesn't have time for you. And after all, I mean, kids, you know, you're small. You don't tithe. You don't serve. All you do is spill juice. He got no time for you. You see, they were hindering the children from coming to Jesus. And saints, let me just say, we can hinder children from coming to Jesus oftentimes ourselves by failing to take them to church, by failing to teach them in the home, by failing to be a good example. I mean, think about it. The disciples weren't being a good example. They were teaching the kids that they weren't important to Jesus. And whether good or bad, your example to your kids, you're teaching them something, whether it's good or bad. You're teaching, you're always teaching them something. So when you choose not to come to church, or you choose not to bring them to Sunday school, or you choose to come to church if you've got nothing else to do. See, this is all the example which could be hindering your children from coming to Jesus. Or when they're home, they all they hear you talk about is church and it's all negative. You see, all of that is hindering kids, all of these things. You know, i got to tell you something. We've been here at Calvary Chapel 
people have accused us here of hindering children from coming to Jesus. And they have said, you know, Pastor Rodney, because, see, we here at the church, and if you've been here, you know, if you're first time here, you don't know this, but if you've been here any length of time, you know that we try to um, keep children six years old and under over in the children's ministry and not in the sanctuary. And so we encourage that. So if you come in the church and you're new and some usher or pastor is telling you about the children's ministry or or even if you've been here a while and we're trying to get you to get your kids over there, that's because we 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 want to be able to minister to kids on their level. We want to be a blessing to the kids. But people have come to me and said, "Pastor Roddy, you're not suffering the little children to come to Jesus." And I said, "Yes, I am suffering the children." I'm allowing them to come to Jesus because I want to get them in the children's ministry where they can learn, where they can grow, where they can be kids. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.